Hello, and welcome to Imagine Amazing, Oregon HFMA's podcast with its current president, Kelly Smith. My name is Jeff Johnson. I'm your host, and with me today, we do have our current president, Kelly. Welcome. Thank you, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm getting more comfortable with this now that this is our fourth podcast. It's actually our fifth. It's our fifth podcast. Yeah, now that this is our fifth yeah. podcast. Yeah, no, this is very exciting. So Kelly, can you tell us a little bit about what's happening and what what's trending right now with Oregon HFMA? Yeah, I can, Jeff. So it's interesting. Our fall kind of is a slow period for the chapter because we've just come off of a wonderful fall event that we had in the Benson downtown Portland in October and our next event is not until February so a lot of our committees are using this time to make sure that we are planning for both February and our following conference in May and we're making really great progress I'm really excited to see that agenda come together and I think in the next couple of weeks you're gonna see the invitation come out for the winter registration that's fast. Okay, that's awesome. Yep, and we'll have the uh, agenda being posted here, but we've finalized all the speakers in the event for that event. But it will be in Vancouver at the Vancouver Hilton, and it's February 19th through the 21st. February 19th through the 21st. So make sure you guys mark your calendars, and you can join Oregon HFMA at that fantastic conference. Looking forward to that, Kelly. And now I understand that the chapter has also been working... Uh, or just recently did some things with some enterprise members. Is that true? That's right. So we continue to make sure that we're doing all that we can to engage the enterprise members. And those are those organizations that have registered the entire organization to participate with Oregon HFMA. And it's, what we're finding is for a lot of those organizations, including Providence St. Joseph's, OHSU, and Columbia Memorial. And we're finding that a lot of their employees who are members can't always come to the conferences. So Oregon's done a really big push to make sure that we're bringing the education to them. That's exciting. In fact, I heard also through the grapevine, you can correct me if I'm wrong, even the association has picked up a little bit on what Oregon's doing and I believe has invited some of your chapter members down to LTC to share a little bit more about what you're doing. You heard about that? I did. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, we, we're so excited about that. So we have been doing an awful lot with our live streaming and our video recording because it's one way to make sure enterprise members get a chance to listen in even if it's remotely and they can't come in person. And we have been in my opinion, wildly successful with the live streaming. We've been doing it now for over a year at our conferences. Wow. And when Amazing. we did our most recent enterprise event at OHSU, we opened it up for both in-person and online. And we were able to, through the live streaming and in-person, reach out to over 200 hours of education at the last wow. event. That's awesome. That's remarkable. Yeah. And so it's the way of the future. And the association has reached out to us. And you were one of those lucky people, as well as Michelle Cooper on our technology team. And the two of you and the work that you've done is being recognized. And I just love the fact that our chapter is is has been invited to attend LTC, the Leadership Training Camp this spring it's in texas february. it's in austin. february austin texas yeah. and going to show some other chapters how how to do this so they can also benefit so i love that yeah way to go oregon i know good job very proud of this chapter yeah. 
Now, I also understand that you have some guests here. I don't not just understand. I can look around the room and see we have some wonderful guests that you've invited. Can you tell us a little bit about, more about who you've invited and what our listeners can expect to learn about from these guests? I can, and not just guests, but friends. It's so wonderful to be part of this chapter where over the last 10 years you get to know these most incredible people, and I'm glad that I have the privilege of working with you both HFMA and outside now too. So as you know, every month I try to pick a guest speaker to come and talk about one of our committees. So trying to help our members recognize what, what do we do and how are we structured and what are different ways that you might be able to volunteer and get more engaged with us as well. So this month I picked a committee that our chapter is involved in for planning the Western Region Symposium. And I have Kim Carter here who is actively engaged and, and want to give her a chance to talk about her work and her efforts. That's awesome. Welcome, Kim. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit more about your role in your current organization, where you're at, just a little bio on you, and then fill us in a little bit more about what's happening with the Western Region Symposium. Will do. So I actually am an employee of Legacy Health. I am the director of health information management and coding and both the professional and the hospital side. And um, I've actually enjoyed being a member of this chapter of HFMA for over 20 years. And um, past president. Past yes, president. Past president. Yes. I was going to say, the whole, <laughs> awesome whole past shebang. president. So um, now with the Western Region Symposium, um, this is a conference that um, involves multiple chapters. So I think most people know that HFMA is a national organization, actually an international organization, but within um, our um, United States region, we have 11 chapters, or 11 regions of which multiple chapters are part of, and we are Region 11. Mm -hmm. And there um, are seven chapters in our region, and we have teamed up with Region 10 now to do a large conference um, annually. And I have to tell you, in my experience, this has been one of the best HFMA mm -hmm. conferences that I have ever attended. And that is has been consistent over the last um, 15, 20 years that I have been a part of this. It's just really great when that many chapters can come together and pool their resources and their ideas and present amazing education and, and speakers. And Kim, it used, to correct me if I'm wrong, it used to be just Region 11, Yes. right? And that's what we called it, the Region 11 Conference. And only about three, four years ago did we join then with Region 10, which has been fantastic. So basically all the chapters kind of west of the Mississippi, mm -hmm. pretty close. Yeah. So we are, um, we meet, we have met all year um, planning this great conference, which is only a month away. It is January 12th that we get started this year. And um, Oregon is the lead chapter this year in that planning effort for, um, for Region 11 partnering with Region 10. So we have a lot of folks from Oregon that are involved in the committees, education, sponsorship, and um, our very own Jeff Johnson, who is helping to chair the committee this year. 
So we are excited. We have a little bit more time for folks to register, and so we're really excited about that. My role this year is to chair the Provider Outreach Committee, and our goal is to get, we want to get 400 provider oh, wow. attendees there. So we have a little ways to go. We've got a great start. And um, we have a couple of things to offer to help make it a little bit easier for providers to attend. A lot of providers have limited travel budgets mm -hmm. and limited education budgets, and that's only getting a little bit tighter as we go. And so the committees approved this year some really great discounts for providers. So if you are an employee as of a health plan or a hospital or a, a physician organization, and you are a manager or above, you can get a, a registration for only $300 for this great multi-day um, great education conference and besides the education we really have a lot of great networking opportunities we're going to bring all those providers together for a welcome VIP reception Sunday night when it all kicks off and then um, we've got other really wonderful networking events this year is a Western theme so we've been having some fun with that mm -hmm. um, all the chapters have or many of the chapters have submitted and developed a video promoting the conference and used that Western theme and we'll see more of that I hear there's some a Garth Brook tribute band that's going to There is going to be a Garth Brook tribute band. And interestingly enough, Kim, it was actually your committee that came up with that idea for the videos, correct? Our committee did come up with the... Yes, we so did. So I just wanted to shout out, uh, kudos to you and your committee for that, because I think it created a lot of excitement. And if anyone wanted to watch those videos, where would they go? They would need to go to the Western Region Symposium Facebook site, I believe. I think it's on the Facebook site. I do believe it's on the website as well. I on do, the do website. There's a link okay. to the, those videos. And that website is um, HFMA Western Region Symposium.org. So I want to make sure everyone knows t how to get there. If you go to HFMA Western Region Symposium.org and you click on registration, you'll see a link right at the top where you can learn more about the provider discounts. In addition to the $300 registration, which is more than 50% off, there are a few discounts left for a completely free registration if you are, again, a provider employee who's manager and above who hasn't been to this conference in the last two years. So we really want to make sure that we extend that offer and everyone takes advantage of it. Nine folks from Oregon have already taken advantage of that, and we would love to improve that and add to that. So if someone listening wants to take advantage of that, who should they contact? Kelly Smith, Kelly our Smith. chapter president. Very good. And Kelly, how do they get a hold of you, just quickly? Do you wanna... Yeah, I think email works great for me. My email address is smkelly, so that's S-M-K-E-L-L-Y, at ohsu.edu. And so if you would like to take advantage, reach out to me, or if you know somebody who would really be a good candidate and want to recommend that I reach out to them, you can also feel free to reach out to me, and I'm happy to invite others who would be good attendees to include this year. That's awesome. So Kim, can I just ask you, for anyone listening, what would be the biggest reason for them to attend? I mean, if, they, if they're sitting on the fence right now, what would you say to them? Why should they come? 
They should come for the education opportunities. We have a critical access track, revenue cycle track, data analytics track, more traditional finance track, a lot of good breakout sessions. I think we're going to be talking about estimates and price transparency, of course, some mm -hmm. of those really hot topics, as well as some of our keynotes who are going to bring health policy perspectives from a national view, as well as some really great leadership and motivational speakers. Mm -hmm. um, the, the gentleman that the movie Rudy was about is going to be there awesome. speaking to us. So I think we're going to, it's a chance to really focus on what's going on in the industry, look at best practices. You know, all of our business models eventually expire and we need to refresh what is new and how to address new mm -hmm. challenges and new problems. And this is a really great way to do that. That is awesome. And that is January 12th through the 15th. That's happening at the Paris Hotel and Convention Center in Las Vegas. Easy to get to Las Vegas for anybody, very inexpensive. And I hear that the room block is also very inexpensive as well, if you book through that site that you mentioned before. Yes, it's an unheard of rate for Vegas, um, around $105, I believe. So incredible. It is incredible. So Truly take advantage incredible. of that as soon as you can. Thank you so much. So thank you for just reminding everybody about the conference, for the hard work that you and your committee have put into that. Mm -hmm. Very appreciated, and we hope to see everybody there. It should be a lot of fun, including a puppy corral who doesn't want to be surrounded by a whole bunch of puppies and just de-stress in that moment. But like you said, for 300 bucks, how on earth, you can't go anywhere else if you're a provider, get that discount, $300, even could be better, could mm -hmm. be free depending if you contact Kelly and if you meet that criteria. But then, like you said, the networking education, bringing that back to your organization that return on investment is huge. So hopefully anyone listening takes advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Thanks thank for you. joining us today, Kim. Yeah, thank Absolutely. you so much. Really appreciate it. Now we have a couple of other guests sitting here with us as well. Would you like to introduce them, Kelly? I would love to do that. So we also try to make sure each month we're picking a topic of the month. And one of the topics that continues to come up within our chapter as an area of interest is patient estimates. And so I've invited two leaders within organizations of the HFMA chapter to come and talk with us about what they're doing with patient estimates today. Awesome. So let's go ahead and just introduce ourselves around the table. I, we'll start to my right here. Um, Amanda, correct? <laughs> yes. Um, Amanda Gordon. I'm with Legacy Health, and um, I have responsibility for patient access, um, self-pay, and customer service, as well as hospital financial counseling. And I'm also currently on the board for HFMA. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. And then across from us, it's Christy, correct? Yeah, and I'm Christy Cushman, and I'm the Director of Patient Access Services for OHSU Health. Um, and I oversee a lot of the front-end revenue cycle activities to make sure that patients are set up um, for financial success um, as they go downstream in their care. Well, we're very excited to have both of you here. I know personally, as a consumer of healthcare, there's been many times I've needed that estimate. I just want to know what it's going to cost me. And I'm excited to hear what you guys are doing to get that information out to the patients. Uh, is this happening early on or are you sure. guys hitting it closer to the time that someone's going in? How does it work? 
So um, at Legacy, we have a couple different options for patients. So you can call our customer service department anytime, even if you're just thinking about having a service. And we can provide an estimate to you and we can even pull your benefits information so you know the true out-of-pocket cost uh, when you're shopping around or just considering. Uh, we also provide estimates for in-scope services um, prior to service, typically five days in advance of service. So when we're checking your um, eligibility and that type of thing and pre-register, you before you come to the hospital there is that opportunity as well we're also working on two additional items right now and one is making um, estimates available in my health meaning that the patient can log into their my health account and create their own estimate and so we're in the process of building those templates now and hope to be live within the next couple of months and then the final thing looking to pricing transparency and that type of thing um, is looking for a solution where you could simply log on to our website and wouldn't necessarily have to have a My Health account to be able to create your own estimate mm -hmm. as well. So there are several different avenues. We're really dedicated to improving the patient experience and also making sure that the patient fully understands the financial aspects of their care uh, prior to receiving care if possible. That, that's fantastic. I know that one of the policies for Oregon and Washington is to make sure that we're posting all of our charges out there on the website, but now you're saying that if I'm interested in maybe getting my ears removed, right, or, my, <laughs> or something like that, that I could call and get an estimate. Sure, you can call and get an estimate. So with the current pricing transparency that we have right now, it's really, you know, looking at gross charges, and that doesn't really help the patient understand what that means for them, because you could have met your out-of-pocket max for the year, and it really won't cost you anything, but the price of the service is, say, $5,000, for example. So by calling to request the estimate from customer service or soon being able to pull your own estimate, you'll know what that really means for you. That's amazing. Are you also doing that not just on the hospital side, but if I'm going to maybe a clinic? So we're working on um, putting together our clinic estimates right now. We can provide information um, if requested, but it's not something that's currently in scope for us at this time. One thing I'm really interested in is I've heard a lot more about patients being able to navigate online and run their own estimates. So they don't even have to reach out to a human or call somebody and using that concept of the templates that you mentioned. And so I think a lot of consumers really just want to try to figure it out themselves. And so I'm curious for those patients that log in to the online portal, their mm -hmm. own chart, yes, and request an estimate, what kinds of templates have you been able to create so far? How extensive are those? Sure. So we've created a lot of the top services was our kind of our first goal. And then actually working with Kim's team from a coding perspective and, and truly making sure that we have all of the information to make sure that it's a comprehensive estimate. Um, so we looked at basic imaging services like x-rays, ultrasounds, MRI, those types of things, um, and then other common services such as like a knee replacement, labor and delivery, c-section, those types of things. It's so interesting that a knee replacement is now a common service <laughs> when, when I was growing up. That wasn't, but it's very interesting. So Christy, can you tell us a little bit about OHSU and what you're doing as well? Thank you, Amanda. For sure. So I think Legacy is a little bit of ahead of us of where we're at in this journey. Um, and you know, our biggest piece is we want to make sure that we can provide an estimate 
to patients at any point throughout their care. Um, and so we've actually had a big push. We historically have had a price estimate tool that we've been using for all of our inpatient and day patient surgeries. So we do provide estimates for all of those similar to legacy couple days in advance of your surgery, we're having a discussion with you about what is your out-of-pocket going to be, and we try to collect that proactively from our patients. But we, that tool has fell a little short for what we want to be doing, so we're now transitioning over to the Epic pricing tool so that we're able to do um, sort of the full spectrum of services that exist. And one of the big projects that we're actually working on this year, um, and we're doing it at one of our uh, partner organizations because it's a little smaller scale so we can get it right and then ultimately roll it out throughout OHSU Health, is looking at how do we implement price estimates from the time of basically scheduling to the time of service. And so what that means is giving the tool um, to the schedulers so when a patient actually asks at the time of scheduling, you know, what is my price estimate going to be, we can give it at that point in time. So a patient prior to scheduling can say, is this something I really want to do or do I want to have another discussion with my doctor because maybe I don't want to spend that much and that might financially, you know, put me in a hard place. Mm -hmm. And then we'll finalize the estimate downstream when once we've verified all their benefits and make sure that that's appropriate and then try to collect at that point in time. And so we're really looking at how do we bring that more upstream um, and make that effective. And one of the things that we're trying to do as well is really get to that accuracy. So we can provide all the estimates in the world, but if a patient is still getting a bill on the back end because we didn't do it right or something changed or something along those lines, how do we get rid of all those surprises Mm -hmm. at the end? And so when we're looking at implementing, that's kind of a big thing that we're trying to do. So Christy, with um, looking at the financial aspects of their care, if if the patient says, oh, wow, you know, I really need that service, but I just can't afford it, do you start the conversation there regarding financial assistance, payment plans, and looking at other options if, like, maybe Medicaid secondary, depending on the patient population. Yeah, so we um, already include that in our registration process. So in our registration, at our partner organization, our registration and scheduling happen at the same time. And so if anybody ever expresses concerns about paying, we automatically go down the path of, you know, are, you know could you potentially be eligible for Medicaid or financial assistance? Um, our financial assistance program is very generous. Um, it goes up to 400% the level of poverty. And so, you know, really having those conversations up front starts to alleviate those things um, instead of having those discussions on the back end. Mm -hmm. So we just keep talking about how do we push it further up, you know, and like Amanda talked about, we're also looking at the whole shopping aspect. So how do we create it so people can go online Mm -hmm. and actually gather it? Because what the law has required us to do is basically post prices. That doesn't mean anything to a patient. Um, What we've done to meet the law doesn't do it anything for them. So how do we make it meaningful for patients so that they're able to get what they need? Yeah. As a patient, this is very encouraging to hear. So many of our listeners are actually from healthcare systems as well. Can you describe the tools? You mentioned one of the tools, Epic, but can both of you describe the tools that you're using to engage? Sure. So we also use the Epic Estimator exclusively now. Um, Previously, we used a tool from um, another credit credit agency, um, so we use TransUnion. And so we have really been using Epic um, for the most part for at least the last couple of years for our scheduled services. And then that was for Epic. And then we used the TransUnion tool more for kind of shopping 
shopping and that type of thing. Um, but we recently transitioned to Epic, and so far it's been good. And the tool, obviously, the template is within my house, so it's the estimate Epic tool. Um, and then I was talking with our IS team, looking at how you know does Epic have an option, or will we have to look at another you know bolt-on type of product to be able to look at uh, just logging into the website and creating your own tool. And it sounds like Epic has several things on the horizon just with the, you know, the new pricing transparency in mind and that type of thing. So we're going to be looking at, at that part of the tool coming up. I don't know, Christy, if you've seen that, that tool or a demonstration. Um, I have not seen it yet, but it's great for the patients if we're able to do everything within Epic. And it's also great for the, um, the staff and our team members um, not having to log into bolt-on problems and uh, not problems, sorry, products. Everything is kind of right there for them, which is really helpful. But there are times when um, sometimes Epic can fall short and it is necessary to look outside. So I'm not saying that we wouldn't do that if it doesn't meet our needs. For those healthcare systems that aren't on Epic and can't take advantage of that, what are some of the tools that you've used in the past? You mentioned... So um, the TransUnion tool, um, I know that Passport or Experian has a tool, and I also know that Recondo has a tool. Um, I believe Recondo was actually just recently acquired by uh, the Waystar suite, um, and we've worked with Waystar before, but I have not seen the tool in action. I'm sure there's others, but those are kind of the, the larger ones that I'm familiar with. Very helpful, thank you. Um, And so we currently use the Experian tool and we're moving away from that just because Epic has such great functionality and the reason Epic is great as well is like, we, with the Experian tool, we have to update our contracts all the time. If they're changing, we have to update it not only in Epic, but then we have to let Experian know that, you know, this has changed our pricing. If it changes, you know, if we do everything in Epic, we're updating one place and we're able to do it and there's not that back and forth. The positive of the Experian tool is we do our um, anesthesia estimates in there. Uh, We don't bill our anesthesia through Epic at this stage. We are looking into trying to make that happen. So we will lose the anesthesia piece for our patients, but all of the other benefits. So we'll have a disclaimer on our estimates that says, you know, it does not include anesthesia charges. And we will give the patients kind of a rough idea of what that cost could be up to. Um, It's not a huge portion when we're talking about inpatient day patient compared to the overall, but that is a downside to switching the tool Mm -hmm. over. I think we'll get greater accuracy out of our Epic pricing tool than what we are out of the current tool that we're using. So, so Christy, I love that you mentioned no, you're trying to avoid surprises mm-hmm. for the patient. I know that's a tough area to be in when you're trying to heal and then, oh, surprise, it's a lot bigger mm-hmm. than you ever expected. Right. Is, do you think there's any trending towards a price lock anywhere? So do you guys see that, that coming? That's actually what our leaders are pushing us to do. Um, so they want us to get comfortable enough with the accuracy that we're willing to take on the risk. And a guarantee. Say, a guarantee that wow. this is the price we're giving you. And this is, you know, what it's going to be. Now, we'll probably have some disclaimers that, like, if you come in to get X and we end up doing... 800 other things, then that's a different situation. But if you come in to get X, you have X, we are going to honor that price no matter what it costs. Um, And so that's something that we're actually 
working towards mm-hmm. because we don't want that surprise if we say it's going to be this much it's not like if you go to amazon and you say this is what we're going to do you know you, you, that's the cost and so how do we get to that point for our patients and so when we talk about kind of what is our true north and what are we trying to get to that's what we're trying to get to and so that's kind of always in our mindset as we're developing our processes and tools okay amanda i'll let you answer the same thing where are you guys sitting with that price lock have you discussed it? We've discussed it. Um, We are not there yet. We do kind of look at where the accuracy is and that's one of the things that we looked at when we changed from using the outside vendor to see which was more reliable. Um, So I think that we're pretty comfortable but as Christy mentioned sometimes you know healthcare is complicated and a lot of different services may be um, you know added on or um, you know something you may have an adverse outcome and require more care. So those are some of the things that that we are considering when the patient does call and talk to a live person we have um, a disclaimer that we do let them know that you know this is the estimate um, and and have a, a general verbiage that we use to let them know that you know if something becomes more complex or complicated that you know the price could potentially increase but we have a fairly great accuracy rate but we're just not headed in that direction at this time very good so back to you Christy is there a timeline <laughs> that OHSU is looking at. You said it's on the roadmap. No, is the roadmap I mean, at like this point, we need to get the tool up and running. So we're <laughs> our goal is to um, work over this next year to get the whole model up and running at our partner organization at Tuality. We're also switching from the Experian tool to the Epic pricing tool here at OHSU for that scope of work this year. And then we'll see how it plays out. From an accuracy standpoint because you know we've never used the tool this tool before we're not familiar with it once we have a better sense of accuracy then i think we'll start to have the discussion of how do we do a price lock and is there any you know exceptions to that it could you see it rolling out in certain specialties a price lock and then potentially yeah i think it's just getting to the point like Assessing risk is the way you look at it, right? What, where do we have risk and how do we look at that? And if we can get to a point that we're comfortable with that risk, then you know I think we would go to a price lock. Um, but if we're looking at still wide swings in our finances, we don't also want to put ourselves in a situation where you know, we're providing care um, for free for everybody. Um, and so we just want to be sensitive to that. But the surprises for a patient isn't, isn't a satisfier. And so we need to figure out how we can get to that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. There were moments that, you guys, honestly, I got goosebumps. So I can't imagine anyone listening to not getting goosebumps about the direction that this is going. Very exciting. Thank you so much for being here to share that insight. And if anyone has questions, is there a way for individuals listening to get a hold of you? Sure. Um, This is Amanda. You can contact me via email. I'm at angordon at lhs.org. And this is Christy, and I'm at K-R-H-A-N-S-O at ohsu.edu. Fascinating. Awesome. Oh, thank you so much for joining today. Really enjoyed that conversation. So, Kelly... Is there anything that you'd like to challenge our listeners to do 
or is there anything coming up that you would like to remind them of? This month, I really hope that our podcast reaches someone who decided they still want to take advantage of the provider discount, the hosted provider discount. So I hope my challenge to the audience this month is reach out to me and let me know who might love to attend the Western Region Symposium in January, and I'd be happy to hook you up with a discount code. Awesome. Please do contact Kelly. Also, just a reminder that we do have, in 2020, not only the Western Region Symposium in January, but shortly after, for anyone who can't make it down to Vegas, we do have some great education that's coming to the chapter. And again, that's happening in February, correct? Yep, February 19th through the 21st. And that is happening one more time over at the? It's the Vancouver Hilton. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you so much for being with us today. We truly appreciate everything that you guys have shared. And we look forward to learning more. So hopefully have you guys all back mm -hmm. to fill us in on what happened at the Western Region Symposium and where we're going with those price estimates. Kelly, thank you, as always, for joining oh, us Oh, thank you again. for hosting okay. us. And thank you, everyone, for joining us for Imagine Amazing, Oregon HFMA's podcast.